From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. The federal government has announced an investigation into the National Postal Service, Australia Post, following revelations of exorbitant bonuses paid to executives. But as the investigation gets underway, a deeper crisis at the organisation is threatening to jeopardise the way that it operates. Today, senior reporter for the Saturday paper, Rick Morton, on what went wrong at Australia Post. Well, Australia Post is now in a world of pain, Pete, and frankly, it's high time a spotlight was shone on its... Today, the government acted to remind the company who's boss as it reacted in fury to the latest extravagance. This all happened within an hour, Mr Speaker. So appalled and shocked was I by that behaviour. Calls are growing for the boss of Australia Post to quit. Ms Holgate will step aside and the board will fully cooperate with the investigation. Rick, last week, Australia Post's chief executive was fairly sensationally stood down from her role. So what happened? So last week, Australia Post's CEO, Christine Holgate, faced a pretty tough grilling at Senate estimates. Ms Holgate, do you wish to make a short opening statement? I do, please. On Thursday, Labor Senator Kimberly Kitchen asked Holgate if she rewarded employees for clinching a deal with the Commonwealth Bank, Westpac and NAB about banking services at their post offices. There were a small number of senior people who'd put in an inordinate amount of work in and they did receive an award from the chair, myself and on behalf of the board. And what was that award? They got watches. And she confirmed that they had been rewarded with Cartier watches valued at about $5,000 each, or almost $20,000 for four people. You spent $12,000 on watches and you can't tell me which credit card you put that money on. Uh, that's, that's correct. Uh, but neither Holgate nor Australia Post Chief Financial Officer Rodney Boyes could actually clarify whether the designer brand timepieces were purchased using the CEO's corporate credit card, which at that point had amassed $300,000 of expenses in a single year. Wow. And within, within hours of the revelation, the government had announced an investigation into the governance of Australia Post. The independent investigation should look into the conduct of the board members and their governance as well as the actions of the management and the executive. And the government instructed the board to ask Holgate to stand aside. Now, we are the shareholders of Australia Post, Mr Speaker, on behalf of the Australian people. She's been instructed to stand aside, and if she doesn't wish to do that, Mr Speaker, she can go. You know, it was a stunning development, but one that pulled focus from a deeper existential crisis facing the Postal Service, which has been unfolding behind the scenes during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, so what is this deeper existential crisis that the Postal Service has been facing? So this one key kind of structural area that we need to be aware of is the fact that even before the pandemic, letters, you know, actual handwritten letters that people send in the post had been declining massively already at Australia Post. COVID-19 accelerated that and basically just saw a complete collapse in the letters side of the business. But on the other hand, the parcel business was going through the roof because people were stuck at home ordering things and not just ordering, you know, small things, but they were ordering desks and exercise 
exercise equipment and, and big heavy things, according to Christine Holgate, which necessitated a kind of a complete rework of how Australia Post kind of delivered those items. Senator, as we've gone into um, coronavirus, it's not just the number of parcels, it's the size and weight. And um, that is actually, you can't carry many large parcels on the back of a motorbike. And it wasn't set up to meet um, those configuration demands at that point in time. And they still have these legal obligations, despite the collapse in the letter business, to deliver them. So they couldn't cut back on that to redeploy the workforce to help with the parcels unless they had intervention from the Australian government. So did the Australian government intervene? Well, that's where the communications minister, Paul Fletcher, comes in. So he unilaterally basically uh, relaxed regulations that set these delivery standards for Australia Post and that allowed the national carrier to reduce the frequency of post in metropolitan areas during the pandemic, basically pause the priority mail service and delay interstate deliveries. The facts are very clear that Australia Post has seen a sharp increase in the percentage of parcels that are being delivered and a sharp decrease in the number of letters that are being delivered. And that is why we have provided temporary, fixed-term regulatory relief to Australia Post so that it is able to redeploy posties and then that gave them, you know, about 2,000 extra posties freed up their time so that they could be put into vans to deliver parcels rather than spending every day delivering letters on bikes. And that made sure the company made a profit this year. Parcels now represent 61% of our group revenues. So Christine Holgate told Senate Estimates hearing on Thursday that the profit before tax was up 30% on its targets. And we were pleased we avoided a loss which so many of our international peers have done. I thank the committee for the support of the temporary regulatory relief. It has been critical in helping us deliver these. Right, so this relaxing of regulations, it's meant both that people have been able to get their parcels, but also that Australia Post has been able to turn a profit. And all of this has just brought more scrutiny onto the organisation's leadership. Well, yeah, but it's actually Australia Post's decision to pursue millions in executive bonuses in a year when so many Australians found themselves in financial hardship that has attracted strong criticism. Um, so where's the remaining $50 million? Okay. And that's something senators were very keen to find out more details about last week. In the context that we're um, all struggling within right now, yeah, it's just I think it's a bit on the nose. It just leaves a really bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? You know, and Christine Holgate said she believed the public understood her company had served the community well during the pandemic, and that's why executives deserved these bonuses. And it's, you know, symbolically, it's just not a good look at all. And, you know, it helps the public understand, I think, some of the broader missteps and, and misjudgments along the way. But the thing is, these new regulations that they've been relying on to help deliver the parcels faster and turn a profit could be about to be overturned in the Senate, and that's the much bigger story here. And the one politician who seems to hold the key vote to the future of how our postal service operates is One Nation leader Pauline Hanson. We'll be back after this. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. 
Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup made in collaboration with Fresco for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Rick, we're talking about the future of Australia Post. It recently was granted this relaxing of regulations, which has meant that they've turned a profit for the year. But some of that profit has gone into bonuses and luxury watches. So what does all of this mean for the way forward for the service? So there's concern from some senators that Australia Post isn't operating as effectively as it should be. Unanimously, committee members held a concern regarding the way in which Australia Post was responding to its parliamentary responsibilities. Labor is concerned that the board is stacked with people aligned to the Liberal Party, including a former senator and former Federal Party director and a former State Party director. Um, can I ask, is Mr Tony Nutt, a non-executive director on the Post board, is he a current or a former member of the Liberal Party? Uh, I don't know. Um, the Post doesn't maintain a record of the political affiliations of its directors or employees. Okay. Is it ever discussed at board meetings that Mr Nutt is known by some as an iron fist in a velvet glove or as the Svengali? I have never heard those things mentioned. And some Liberals are concerned about recent regulatory changes and recent revelations around bonuses just won't help that picture at all. So basically Australia Post is running out of friends in Parliament. When the Communications Minister, Paul Fletcher, made that unilateral decision to relax the Australia Post service delivery standards, it it did not require a vote in the Senate. But the temporary provisions can be removed by one. Right. So does that mean that the Senate could vote to reverse this relaxation in regulations that Australia Post recently was granted? That's what's on the table at the moment. And it's a dynamic that renders every vote crucial for the future operation of Australia Post. And because of the makeup of the Senate, one of the key deciding votes could be Pauline Hanson and One Nation. And interestingly enough, it seems like Australia Post is very conscious of how the future of their organisation does actually lie in Pauline Hanson's hands. And there's been a couple of very fascinating stories over the past few months that actually demonstrates this. Okay, can you tell me more about what Australia Post has been doing that involves Pauline Hanson? So first in July, Australia Post was caught up in a battle to deliver more than 100 stubby holders sent by Senator Pauline Hanson to residents of Melbourne's lockdown public housing towers. So if you remember, Hanson had just lost her commentary spot on Channel 9's Today show after she racially abused the residents of the towers in relation to the COVID-19 outbreaks. They're alcoholics, so they're, they're being looked after that way. They're actually getting paid extra money. Why are they getting paid extra money? And the stubby holders declared, I've got the guts to say what you're thinking, and reportedly came with a note from Hanson that said... No hard feelings. Now, given the tensions and the extraordinary situation of the tower lockdown, Melbourne City Council tried to stop Australia Post from delivering them. I don't believe anyone would have used that stubby or... Personally, I would have thrown it away, straight away, into the bin. A report in The Age said Christine Holgate, the CEO, called the police to intervene and get those stubby holders delivered. She later denied those reports and said that it was actually Sally Cap, the Lord Mayor, that called the police. 
So we had that situation, and then less than a fortnight later, Holgate and three other Australia Post executives flew to Queensland in the middle of lockdown to give Hanson a private tour of a parcel handling facility. And the tour of the Brisbane parcel facility by Senator Hanson, was that the... Was there a connection? None whatsoever. Just coincidence? It was coincidence. I see. You know, Holgate said this tour, conducted despite those border closures, didn't have anything to do with the Stubby Holder scandal. But you can see that the company is keen to try and build a positive relationship with Hanson, whose vote could be quite crucial in the Senate. OK, so... Australia Post is potentially facing a pretty important vote, which could determine its financial future and would also have impacts for all of us in terms of how we get our mail and our parcels. It turns out that Pauline Hanson could be key to this vote. And while all of this is playing out, the the company's chief executive has been stood aside because of these millions of dollars in bonuses, including luxury watches, which were handed out to senior executives in the middle of a pandemic. That's it. That's, that's it in a nutshell. And certainly I've, you know, been speaking to, since this story came out, a few employees of Australia Post who were worried, even from the beginning, that this temporary relaxation of the regulations was really just a, a dry run for what the business needs to do to make money in the future, even when COVID has gone away. So certainly they were ready with a few of these ideas. They call it the alternative delivery model. And if they don't get that up, they can't do that. It's going to place enormous pressure on the business and how it operates. And in such a climate, it's unlikely any other executives will qualify for any bonuses at all. And certainly not, you know, Cartier watches worth $4,000, $5,000 a pop. Rick, thank you so much for talking to me about all of this. Thanks, Ruby. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Also in the news today, protesters clashed with police at the Jabberung tree site northwest of Melbourne yesterday. On Monday, a yellow box tree sacred to the local Indigenous community was cut down and removed from the site, which is being cleared for a highway. The move sparked a response from protesters who occupied the site to prevent further tree removals. And New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has flagged the possibility of easing hard border restrictions with Victoria as both states record low coronavirus cases. Berejiklian said that she wanted to open the Victorian-New South Wales border as soon as we can. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.